Hey, welcome to Creative Block. We're your hosts, Gene. And V, we interview people in creative industries about their life, work, and hobbies while we do Dolce Am. We ask people on Twitter if they had specific topics they want us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. And today with us, we have Lord Spew, a.k.a. Sean Glaze. Hi. Hello. Hi. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, Clem, make sure you keep that intro in. That was custom made for, uh, for Sean here. <laughs> I feel like what the cough that like you did was, at the beginning. <laughs> it would feel like it was the appropriate way to to kick off a Lord Spew interview. <laughs> um, Sean, <laughs> you are. Uh, <laughs> this is this is already gone off the rails. What am um, I? What tell am us, I? <laughs> I just I just thought it was you know. Tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, we need to know more about what Lord Spew. Who Lord Spew is? Okay. Uh. So hi, I'm Lord Spew. Uh. I also go in the real world by Sean Glaze, uh, like the donut. Um, I'm like the a, donut. I, I'm a storyboard artist uh, for a living, and um, I make shorts online. Um, I also stream on Twitch, and I host an interview show called Dueling Drawing Requests on Twitch every Sunday. Um, and uh yeah i mean that that's most of what i do i i um work on shows as a storyboard artist and i make cartoons in my own time so uh hi that's me <laughs> yeah and yeah your show is a lot of fun we were guests on it um recently and uh it is it is very hectic but it is a lot of fun it is yeah it is a drawing battle which is uh very interesting and uh, I really appreciate that you did those little like PNG tubers for us. <laughs> That's a lot of work yeah. for, for one like episode. A lot of production value going into this, like oh, not only yeah. just finding the guests, but doing all the little drawings and like you customize the whole arena. Yeah, everyone like um, if you want to watch some of the episodes that are that have already aired, they're on YouTube on uh, Sean's YouTube channel. And then there's like, but if you want to participate. There's the live version on Sundays, so that's pretty cool. Very cool. Uh, Sean, tell us uh, how you got your start. How did you first get into animation? What kind of sparked that interest in you? Oh, yeah. And also, what college did you go to? I'm also oh, uh, so I went to a University of the Arts in Philly, and I, originally I started off sort of in fine art a little bit. Like, I, I painted and stuff, and then ah. I was like, oh, I want to be serious and um i'm going to go for 3d because uh so i can make you know realistic serious impressive things and i think that um mm -hmm. uh, uh around sophomore year of um that experience I, I i realized that i just wanted to make people laugh and i i remember um like i i had a, a thesis planned out that was like sort of artsy and i really wasn't feeling it and then i went on uh, I went on a little break, uh, like a like a Christmas break, and I remember, um, for fun, just to make my buddy laugh, I, I made this cartoon about a guy with a fist for a head, and he was like powering up, and all of his parts were turning into fists, and his wiener was <laughs> coiling into a fist, and like, and and and, uh, and right. then he beats people up, and and I was like, man, I did this like in one day, and it's so much better than anything serious that I could have done. And uh, so I scrapped my thesis and, and made that. And, and I think that's when I sort of realized that um, for a little while, I had been doing uh, art 
Um, maybe. I want to say, I'm so scared of what you're doing here. I am so scared of what you're drawing here. The drawing? I have no idea where this is going to go, and I am utterly terrified. Oh, it's uh, oh, it's a it's a football man uh, that's going to be making out with a bat uh, with a football. Oh, okay, it's a football for man. Valentine's Day Super Bowl. <laughs> I was just so scared of where it was going, but anyway, carry on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was just filling in all the worst details last, so that everyone all the way you up. You were just starting from the like, yeah. <laughs> Carry on. I wasn't going to stop you in any way, but it's just, I was just mortified. No, no, anyway. no I'm not going to come on your show and just immediately draw porn. Yeah. <laughs> First minute. Um, but I will draw something that's still a little cursed. It's still cursed. I'm, no, 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 I, what I'm fine. drawing still is going to Carry make on. you feel dirty. But uh, um, I think yeah. that, uh, that I, I realized that for a while I had been making cartoons that um, that I think... It, it, they weren't cartoons that I or they weren't drawings that I wanted to make. They were drawings that I thought other people wanted to see or would oh, be justified yeah. by like, oh, yeah. I'm paying all this money to go to art school. Um, like if I draw something like a fart joke, like that's going to be a waste of the money. So like money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I finally was like, mm. like. Like I, I was actually having motivation issues before that, like uh, getting myself to draw and I, I, I wasn't sure what it was. And, and then I realized, oh, it's because I'm not drawing anything that I actually want to draw. I'm just drawing right. what like I think would make my parents proud or whatever. Um, so then I started switching to drawings, sure. things that would exclusively make my, my parents not proud. And then I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, you figured it out. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, doing anything for anybody else is a quick way to burn out. Like, that's that's never... Yeah, but I think, like, depending on the artist, it can take a really long time to figure it out. Like, I mean, sure. I don't even think I've figured it out up until oh, now. Yeah. And I I've definitely been, haven't. Yeah, you know, it's been 10 years I've been working in this business. So, yeah. And so you started making... You started making these pieces for you that you really enjoyed and what was the reaction that you got from like your peers your teachers how was your thesis uh, received uh my peers were like i can't believe you did that like it's it's so it's so good you're gonna get a show like you're gonna get a show made or you know like right right away they were like <laughs> like like this is amazing like like i i remember like a lot of my classmates were like they were like turning in things that sort of looked like pencil tests like they were good at animating but they didn't like they uh, not all of them were like cleaning up their work completely like mine looked like an internet short that was all clean and it was it had like written jokes and i think at the time um students were also pretty scared of putting any dialogue in their film like uh like nobody was taking script writing classes people were afraid about getting voice actors like there's all this there's all this stuff um that sort that sort of goes into making like what people would call like the like the art student film like where it's like mm -hmm. uh you know uh, a lot of times it looks like a pencil test or it like uh there, there's it's just like one piece of music that's put in and there's no dialogue so i i was like really trying to like okay i want to make something that i would see on the internet or on tv or whatever and like try to replicate that and um 
Yeah, I, I mean, I and I posted that on YouTube and Newgrounds, and uh, it was the first cartoon I ever made that like did well. Like it, it like it was like out of nowhere. Like I was, I got this validation. Like I'm onto something a little bit, and and that that cartoon, even though I had a, another year of school, is actually what got me my first jobs in LA and got. Uh, that show eventually, uh, we ended up pitching that to Adult Swim, and it got optioned like that first cartoon. So it was like, holy moly! For some that's reason, huge. that cartoon, there was <laughs> someone was speaking through me. The, the the Lord works in mysterious ways, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> but what'd you say? What would you? Why would you say like? For some reason, you know, like, because obviously the cartoon was good. Or do you mean that, like, oh, you didn't know that you had the pitching skills to do it? Or did you not believe in the short enough? Or kind of like, uh, what's your what's your take on, like, for some reason they got this? <laughs> oh, um, I don't I think that it's mostly because it was like my first two minute cartoon. You know, it was it was like my first finished thought. And for some reason that ended up being like something that people that resonated with people and even today it's it's a it's a cartoon where like if i make another cartoon and i put it on my youtube channel people go like yeah but what about fisthead where's fisthead <laughs> and, and i'm like oh no All right um, yeah so i don't i don't know i don't know i don't know what it is uh about it but uh i i, I struck some sort so of um like I think that there's something to be said about like finding that like raw thing that like actually is the reason that that makes you want to do what you do, and then like sure. like the first time that you strike that and you hit that like that G spot of cartoons, <laughs> like like it's <laughs> uh, powerful. I think this is the X-rated episode. Yeah. Oh, because of the footballs. <laughs> this is softcore. I'm, uh, I'm keeping it the, PG. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Wait, I don't think oh, okay. people are allowed to do this um, in in PG things, are they? They're not allowed to kiss. No, you can say you can say fuck once. Uh, you can kiss. All right, I'll make this you one a close mouth a kiss. Yes, <laughs> this one's kind of. Please sweet. keep. Please keep this. Please keep this G rated. This is a G rated podcast. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask, so you said that you still had one year of school. Does that mean that uh, people started reaching out to you during that last year of school? Or uh, did it, like, what was the time frame between the moment you released your short online and when you started getting uh, interest from studios? Uh, I think I was, like, um, uh, like a quarter of the way through um, my senior year, and, and people... Um, started reaching out there was a uh a, a recruiter from um fox adhd w w uh, which was a, mm -hmm. a company that fox had made to uh sort of do an adult swim kind of thing uh but as a as a fox block and they but they were starting off as a web company uh, like a web shorts company and um they initially asked me to move out here to uh to to write on a show um and oh, so cool. so i moved so i moved out here to to write on a show right after my senior year finished and um 
uh, I got fired one week in <laughs> uh, because I I, 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 like, I didn't I didn't like I had never been in a writer's room and and they didn't really you know they didn't really teach me and so I I came out I was I looked around I was in the room with um, the creators of the show drawn together the lead writer of um, oh, wow. American no Dad. Way. Uh, the the lead writer of American what? Dad, um, the uh, the the guy who you know developed like Metalocalypse and stuff uh, at Adult Swim, like the adults the original wow. Adult Swim guy, and as well as Ego Raptor and um, L Sid uh, from <laughs> Newgrounds. And, and 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 they all were, of these they, people in the same room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 they were like, oh, we're doing this like experimental writers' room where like where we get some some like internet people, some not internet people, and um, just super immediately they they realized that you know, I, you know I was just out of school, and um, uh, and wow. I and I didn't and I didn't fit, and they fired me, and I was like, oh, I moved out here, and. So I so I freaked out and I asked like, hey, can can I like pitch some shorts to you guys or something? And they're like, yeah. And so the next day I came in with seven short ideas, and they picked one, and that's when I started making my first short that I was getting paid to do. Um, wow. And uh, so that short was called "Stuff That Didn't Fit Into Other Stuff." It was a game show where they find stuff that doesn't fit into another thing and they make it fit. <laughs> and um, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, and I was like, uh, oh, okay, like I'm really doing this. I, I remember turning it in. It was a three minute animated short that I did everything for, just every single thing. And um, they took the three minute short, and without me knowing, they cut it down to a minute and a half after it was animated. Damn. I was like, okay, cool. That's great. <laughs> this is great. Okay, what the fuck? Awesome. That's so much work uh, thrown out. Yeah. Now, so so Fox ADHD had this philosophy where like like shorter is better always, and so they would just like mm. cut everything like super short. Um. So, <laughs> uh, so I did that, and um, and then they were like, okay, so we're hiring for uh, a shorts team. Do you want to come work on the shorts team? But I remember that like like throughout this i got to know the bosses at this company and they would uh as i worked my way up through the company they would always tell this story in the most embarrassing moments about how they fired me like 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 they would like introduce me to like cool. nick they would introduce me to nick offerman and be like <laughs> so when sean moved oh. out here uh we, we he worked here for a week and then we just fired him and he basically just uh, what? he basically just swept floors and worked his way up through the company and now he's still here <laughs> and i was like and i would always be like <laughs> like hi nice to meet you <laughs> like good introduction hi i'm the guy i'm the fired guy what's up that's crazy oh my god what like i don't know i guess what that's so interesting i don't know if that's like a do they maybe they thought it was really funny maybe they thought it was an actually really funny story oh i'm sure they did yeah yeah it's probably just like trying to like make give you a uh, tragic backstory yeah yeah, yeah they make so... me the underdog and that so everybody roots for me after after Rude. that it's nice <laughs> i was like i was like yes I, instead of a phoenix rising from the ashes yeah, i'm i'm more ashes rising from the ashes let's go you know just <laughs> no but i i ended up working at that company and um they uh and it, it's uh 
I think that over my first a year or year and a half working at that company, I worked on 50 internet shorts that were over a minute long. And and it was like a crazy, like first year of a career to have, because every single week we had to come out with a short in a different style that was like over a minute and with a small, with a small team of, of people. And so like, like I had to learn how to like animate straight away or like, like straight ahead. Like I, I had to stop doing sketches and become confident in the animation because we had to animate so fast. I had to learn to adapt to styles really fast. And it was like this crazy crash course on like, like uh, we would each trade off positions. So like one episode, one short, we, one person would direct and the next short they would design, the next short they would animate, the next short they would storyboard and we would trade off in between these few people. And um, uh, and from then, basically the, the, uh, the company was like, hey, uh, we love this shorts team. You guys make such good shorts. We want this show to feel like a short. So we're going to promote all of you to being the main people on this show. And that was Damn. this show called Lucas Brothers Moving Company. And and that was the first show that that I had uh, that I had worked on um, for them. Uh, experimental. And, and it's, so, so there's like for sure, I think that um, there's some negative things things that i hear people say about that studio but they, they they sort of took some risks that i probably w wouldn't have ever uh gotten taken on me if, if it wasn't at like this like weird studio sure. that like i came in when it was like 15 people working in a house and like you know when when i left it was almost 200 people in the, in three buildings in LA, like, uh, yeah. like sort of seeing it from the, come up from the ground. I have a couple of friends, same thing. Like they they got their first gig through ADHD and it's kind of like, it is hard to land a job in the bigger companies like Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, da, 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 cause it's, cause those are like, they already want people, seasoned people. They're like, oh, well, we just want someone that already has experience. And it's kind of like, this never-ending circle of like well how do i get a first job see if you want somebody that already's got experience so it's really it, it's really cool to hear that there are studios like adhd even though you know like uh they they went under right like how long yes. did how long were they running uh, they, they had a three-year contract that's it um they had a three-year contract mm. and then the executive that was uh like sort of spearheading it um got switched out or something but I, I i think what was cool about that place is like specifically they wanted internet animators they wanted they wanted like young mm. internet animators that could make their own things and pitch things and um and while i think that they i think that that backfired a little bit i think that they they got a lot of um like really really cool internet creators and then sort of didn't trust them like like so, so they would like ask them to like direct yeah. things or pitch things and then they would change it a lot change up their shorts a lot and i think that the internet creators really didn't like that because they were used to having control which makes a lot of, i mean at fox adhd i met a lot yeah. of my initial sort of like cartoon heroes like up from Newgrounds, and and you know and i was working with mark sure. m and i was working with 
you know, for a little bit ego raptor and, and like like uh, it, it was like these yeah. people that I mean I yeah I mean I had seen cartoons on TV but like the you know, Newgrounds was this place where it was like whoa these are people like me and like these are people that are like making things that like well I don't I should check over my shoulder and make sure my parents aren't watching me watch this these are like <laughs> adult cartoons on the internet you know? <laughs> it's very raw yeah it's like yeah that's amazing. That's so funny. <laughs> oh my god! And it, how was it? Like, how was that one week in the writers' room? And why do you think? Like, have you learned anything from this week? Like, is there things that now you know that you've yes. done differently? Yes, I um I was um I was new in the writers' room, and what I should have done is uh let there be silence, let the experienced writers think and write down my own ideas Mm. and if i have one really really good one wait my turn i remember there was this uh rocket power episode that is a good example of um of of this they i remember they like go to surf at another beach and like all these like people from that beach are like messing with them because they're like they're they're doing really sick tricks on the waves and stuff but it's like they're not waiting their turn for the like the the people that started the the you know that live there yeah, yeah, yeah. and so like they mm. get disrespected and when they learn to wait their turn uh, everybody's happy and they gain the locals <laughs> respect anyway so it's kind of like it's kind of like that it's kind of like this episode of rocket power exactly and i love um, bringing up rocket power as a metaphor yeah <laughs> amazing uh, that's a that's a first for creative block i love it so basic basically I um I I was like really gung ho and loud and I thought the loudest idea won and I talked a whole lot and what I realize now also is they were trying to figure out broad story beats and I was pitching small jokes like because I that's see. what I was strongest at I was like oh you know like I'm a I I was, I was drawing and like pitching like short little gags and they were trying to figure out big story beats and so I was probably just disruptive and um loud mm. Well, would you, did you also feel like at the time you were probably just nervous and like eager to to impress? Because I could see that. Yes. To me yes. At least. I was I was eager to impress. Yeah. I I think that, um, I mean there were all these people in there that I wanted to think that I was funny, and um, I, and I think also like I also think that they handled it badly too though because I, I they were trying this new thing. And we were all guinea pigs in this situation. And I realized that um, uh, that they were trying out something new and they were afraid that things that they were trying weren't working out. And so they were like switching gears real quick also. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that you know i think it's unfortunate but i i it's also a learning experience in rejection too and and learning you know the hard way and that can be useful definitely yeah i think it's relatable too because i feel it's something i don't know if we've talked about that on creative block yet but it's there's something about working in anything that slightly resembles a writer's room so like i worked on a feature and there's moments when there were like you, you show your boards and then people give notes, but it's halfway between giving notes and pitching moment, like story. And, you know, it, I kind of similarly to you, I was just like, well, pitch, 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 or this is kind of like what I like where I think this should go or like story, story, story. And then it was actually like, no, you're new to the company. They just 
they want you to kind of like earn your mark kind of yeah. yeah. like you kind of like gotta just kind of um, lay low and get the vibe of the culture of the company and that can take between month to years so. yeah no dude i, yeah, I, I don't I know. think i realized what i had done wrong until i worked on stuff like like regular show where they have you do writers rooms uh, like where, where they oh, have sorry that's where, really cool. yeah yeah where they have you um like write dialogue on the episode because you're not only needing to listen mm -hmm. to these writers and listen to their opinions and um and sort of like uh translate what they're handing you but also you are listening to your partner and learning how to compromise learning how to not distract the other person um mm -hmm. and and uh you know I, I think a combination of of that and also like doing my first like small writer's room myself for like a, a pilot or something like i realized like oh, okay like if, if someone is like talking every five seconds with like you know random st stuff they're throwing out like it can be distracting and sometimes you have to like write down your ideas and like you know think is this actually a good idea is this worth like stopping yeah. everyone else in the room with my idea you know mm. yeah there is kind of a weird like chemistry and like etiquette to a writer's room where it's like you it's not enough to just have ideas and and it's something that uh yeah it just kind of takes time to learn and even like we've both, we, you've both mentioned the uh, like the sort of silences and the gaps in between, and it's like, man, a lot of being in a writer's room is just kind of riffing and like talking about things that have happened to you, and like mm -hmm. that's okay because that's you you can you never know what's gonna like set something off in like somebody else, you know, like the, you never know where like ideas come from, and it's just about like keeping the energy kind of moving, and that doesn't always mean like generating ideas yeah. well there's that but i feel there's also there's also like a hierarchy that it took me a really yeah. long time to understand like it <laughs> took me like months to after the fact to be like oh actually there's kind of like <laughs> yeah you should be talking all the time because there's a person that's supposed to be talking more or like there's a person sure. like you know yeah. there's like things like that that like is really tricky because nobody tells you because because if you kind of like are crazy no one is gonna be like hey can we like get a coffee and this is listen <laughs> this is what you did it's okay i get it but next time don't do this thing like no one's no one's gonna do that for you <laughs> yeah. yeah those people are yeah I, w I wish that someone had done that for me yeah i wish that someone had done that yeah, for me yeah. Back then. but it's but yeah cause i i definitely was like like someone else was like suggesting <laughs> something and i was definitely like or what if <laughs> like like and i would like change it yeah, to yeah. my idea oh, just yeah. all the time you know and that's like for the lead writer to do <laughs> like that's not for me to go no 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 yeah. but what if instead of your idea no. we do this <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, I think that like the the head writer can is supposed to just sort of almost be a conductor, right? And it's like yeah. you're you're just like trying to get everyone to move towards the the right thing. And if you're a, a junior writer, you just got to shit out idea. You're just like a gener idea generation machine, really. Yeah, I mean, well, and I, yeah, I, yeah. I, really, I should have just been like a little silent guy that like when when I realized that everyone else ran out of ideas, I should have said a few of mine and like showing them a picture or two <laughs> like like i i think that yeah. um 
if I had just like blended in and been chill, I think that it would have worked. But you know, hindsight yeah. is twenty twenty, and I think that um, uh, it, it was just a funny excuse in like like risking it all and then having it all blow up in your face immediately, and then having to like scramble around <laughs> to like to to figure it out. You know, that's but that's sort of what animation is. I feel like yeah, it really is. yeah. And it's this thing where it's like, I feel like as an <clears throat> animation artist, it, it it's a real learning curve, or at least for me it is, that like, you spend so much of your time in college or even as a kid drawing, that like, drawing is a solitary act. It's not, you're, you're not improvising or you're not like team playing when you're drawing, you're by yourself in your mind. And then learning to, to all these social codes, all of these, uh, un in between the lines kind of things can it's like a learning a whole other new skill that yeah. you had to undermine during a certain period of your life to get to the level of draftsmanship that you need to be a successful animator so it's a little bit of that like you know um i i mean i i feel that sometimes and it's something <laughs> i'm trying to be more conscious of but um back to your back to your career and after adhd what was the next how was your career after ADHD? How long was it before you landed your next gig? Uh, was it scary? Kind of what was the, that like, that moment? Um, basically, I, I, I uh, had my first storyboarding job on um, the show called Stone Quackers at Fox ADHD, and it was similar enough to... Um, uh, to regular show and and I and through Stone Quackers there were some like mutuals from regular show or friends from people at regular show I had gotten recommended for regular show and um, basically on a on a Thursday I got you know a Thursday afternoon I got a call hey can you come in for a meeting tomorrow morning to for a possible regular show storyboard position that starts on Monday and and they sent me they were like, I know you don't have enough time to do a full writing board test. Can you just do um, the the writing test, which was basically like a series of pages with characters with different speech bubbles where you're like writing out little playful, you know, comic dialogue almost. Um, and I did that. I went in and <laughs> I, I, I also I remember that like. I was like, okay, so I haven't seen all of regular show, but I have to make them think that like I'm a regular show expert. Like, how do I do this? And so I remember there was there was one question where uh, the the prompt was um, Skips has to trim a hedge. What's the shape of the hedge that he trims? Um, like the end result. And so I looked up Skip's backstory yeah. and I was like, oh whoa, he has like a long lost love, and I made it in her shape of her head and i remember in the interview um uh jg was like like whoa like that like this part really made me feel like like okay you like really know your stuff about the show and you re can really apply it and like it's it's clear that you really know the show and i was like <laughs> i tricked everybody but uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> but i i remember going into the, i also remember going into that interview in like like a hardcore shirt with a big old angry dog on it and short shorts and a little cap. And I, I remember waiting in the <laughs> lobby and my friend was like, what are you here for? And I was like, I'm here for an interview for regular show. And, you, and he was la he laughed at me because I came in like sort of like a little kid's outfit. But I was like, listen, if they can't, if, if they can't, if they don't like me at my little kid, then they can't have me at my yeah. 
adult <laughs> grown adult yeah i took that same test like at least two times i think oh. and uh yeah and i i like you just you sparked this memory in, in me that it's like yeah i and i had no idea i mean clearly i didn't get the job so i, I but I, I i was never gonna be a good fit but it was just like yeah like what do you do with the with that part of the test i had no idea and the you fact that what? you like cracked the code <laughs> is really interesting thank you yeah i mean so so what what i think uh is another thing that um i, I think tests are really interesting and 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 it's also something that a lot of people debate a lot about because there's a lot of people that don't like tests a lot of people that do like tests but for me tests have been this way where like like without that test there's no way that they would have let me on that show but like when i take that test i like give it a little bit something extra and and what i usually do on storyboard tests is i is i fuck with the test a little bit like i take the test and oh, i like okay. I, li I like mess I, I like mess with it a little bit like i like there was a test one time where uh it, it was like okay these kids are lost in the woods and they come across they come across a monster that's like the outline now it's your guys chance to like like you storyboard like what happens and so i remember for this one show I, I changed all of the characters to having um bowl cut bowl cuts in their designs and they were looking for this plant <laughs> that would cure them of these bowl cuts that they like they you know got like a spell cast on them or something and like i just remember like i, I was like i just want to make all these guys look really stupid and mess with their designs and like and and make a plot excuse to do that and i remember in an interview they were like oh you're the bowl cut guy and and they remembered my test yeah. because of that and uh, and i do out. i do that with tests almost every time like i i i do just a little something different that'll make me stand out and make it like playful um yeah yeah that's great. Uh, yeah, because it's it's that's really interesting to me because I think that I definitely back when I was still putting up with tests, um, I just I, I like I don't really want to do them ever again. Yeah. yeah but um, yeah, it's you feel like you're in this rigid mindset of like I have to, you know, stick to the to the script, so to say, or like whatever within the parameters of the test. But like, yeah, what you described is great because it's it it makes you memorable. And I and in that regular show test that I took, I think I was following it so closely and trying to like i'm gonna show how funny i am but it's like the, the, you're not gonna show how funny you are within those rigid parameters yeah you can so, only like, show how only you could add to the show like like yeah, if they got they, you yeah. what's your unique flavor that you would bring and that's what you that's yeah. what it's nice to focus on i think I think that's a really good bit of advice. I, I think Thank that, you. yeah. And also, as far as the discourse, you know, the discourse about testing, I feel like the the solution to all of that is just paid tests. Like, I, sure. I think that yeah. there's, there's nothing wrong with tests. Like, I think everyone can agree that there's anyone that ever had to do any hiring for anything can agree that, like, you have to know what the person can do. And at a certain point, maybe you can just look at their portfolio. But um I think it's just a free test. And 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 also like when they get crazy and it's like bored six pages of a screen, you know, it's like fuck off with that shit. Like that's not fair. Um, I think it's also just a matter of like being very clear in the test packet that you put out. The tests that I've managed to like succeed in are always the tests where the showrunner knew exactly what they wanted and they were able to explain it in the test. Like I'm the kind of person if it's like, tell me the rules and I'll follow them. I do great. If someone's like, read between the lines and oh, read my yeah. mind, I am like, sorry, I 
I'm, I'm, I'm not a psychic. I wish. Yeah, I, mean, I, I also think that um, uh, people that are more experienced and have lots of examples of either their writing style or their drawing style, um, at least something from the past that is at least similar to what the show's tone is, they shouldn't have to take a test. Like, you should be able to see from people's work if they would be a good fit. And if yeah. you're not doing that, then they're just not taking enough time to like look at these people and they're being lazy. So I, I I think that like yeah, there's there's a few different answers there, but I I agree, the um the paid test thing, is nice. The, my only worry with the paid test thing is that it'll make them precious about who they give tests to, and sometimes yeah. so getting mm -hmm. a random test mm -hmm. when you're like some kid right out of school is like your only hope. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I mean I get it. Yeah, I like this. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Exactly. This kind, I like this version of um, my my pitch <laughs> that you drew me. Yeah, I check mean, it out. It's a fart. <laughs> I mean, the cute version. Yeah, just keep adding on to it. Hold on, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna draw. Yeah, this, there's this take. I'm gonna draw this guy drinking out of coffee. his, his this, coffee. This exec is like a fart. Yeah. I've never even conceived that. Well, that's preposterous. <laughs> that's preposterous. <laughs> A cartoon farting? This is an anti-fart <laughs> show. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, cartoon farts, uh, what was the conception of dueling drawing request? <laughs> uh, so basically, I, I was following some advice that I gave somebody a while back. Um, a, 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 so, sort of somebody new who was trying to break into the industry. I, I gave them this advice. Their question was, um, how, like, I'm new, how do I, like, talk to artists? Like, how do I, like, get out there and talk to artists? And so I was like, make, like, a reason to talk to them. Just make a reason to interview them or to draw with them. If you want to get to know artists that you like, make, a, like, an article or an interview thing or a blog or whatever. And, I mean, a lot yeah. of artists like talking about what they do. They like the little ego stroke of getting asked to get interviewed. Like, oh, I'm important. Like, like, like you'd be surprised how many artists, if you reached out to them right now, they would be down to talk to you as long as they feel like you're sincere and not trying to use them in some way. Yep. So I think that it, it I, I was like, so there's that. And then also one of my favorite ways of working is sort of like the um the drink and draw format or the the google hangout format where uh -huh. i i used to like i used to have this large group of people that i would um uh have in like a, a facebook chat and i'd be i would throw up a link every once in a while and just like anybody who wants to join me i'm going to be drawing in here for like three hours while i work and um and then that moved to discord and i had um these drink and draws uh every other week that we would um, curate and then I was like man I I I want an excuse to to talk to these cool artists that I've been a fan of or I want to be able to share artists that I know and love with people on Twitch and and do kind of a live thing so um I think the competition thing like I initially thought it was fun and then I dialed it back a little bit because I was like I know not everyone likes to like the idea of competing like with a drawing. Mm -hmm. So so I was like, okay, so maybe like it the competition's there a little bit for the 
for the chat, but no one really takes it seriously. Most of the time, the chat prevents me from winning, and that's funny. Like, and and I'll, I'll put these things in place so that it's not like, oh, come on my thing, I'm gonna fucking dunk on you. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> cream you every time because I've done this 40 times, and this is the first time you've drawn in front of people on Twitch. Like, I'm gonna fucking cream you. So most of the time, I'm like having to draw with my left hand with my eyes closed, <laughs> and my drawings aren't even discernible. Yeah, you put a lot of handicaps on yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, because there were. That's so fun, though. At the beginning, there were a few at the yeah. beginning where it was clear that I just had just done this format more than some people, and um, they were trying right, to figure yeah. out how to talk and draw at the same time. And yeah, <laughs> it's tough. You're doing a great job. Yeah, we we uh, Thank yeah, you. it's it's rare that we we're saying this we we're saying this before the show, but it's rare that we get somebody that can do that because we've learned that it's a skill that not everyone has, and it's like. It's uh, it's tough. I've given up on it. I, I, I can't really talk and draw at the same time. I've, I've learned this. I think it's like it's like if you're a dude. You, you know what helps? You know what helps, dude. I, I, I think that um, steering the conversation towards um, things that are funny to draw also really helps. It's one, it's one reason why um, I've really true. liked going on. Um, Jonan's stream is is because he uh, the oh, way yeah. that his stream works is like they're not talking about industry stuff really we're just bullshitting and the bullshit turns into drawings and we're drawing what we're saying and I think that that format is uh, is is cool also and is pretty conducive to like being able to talk while you're drawing if what you're saying is um, just nonsense <laughs> yeah but we're trying we're we're trying not to say absolute nonsense right now which is hard that's the part yeah i was going to say like that's what's hard is cuz i don't want to lose i don't want to not be paying attention yeah. and there would definitely be moments in past episodes where i would get into a drawing and then i'd be like wait fuck i i didn't hear the last like 5 minutes <laughs> of what the guest is saying and like that's i'm glad we have two two uh two hosts because v will pick up the slack usually but it's i i i'm like uh, i don't want to I can't do that anymore. At the beginning of dueling drawing requests, I used to have to write like um, like a lot of questions beforehand because I, I did have moments oh, where yeah. I was drawing and then I lost track of what I was saying and I wouldn't have a question prepared and there would be this weird silence. So I always had like, like 15 questions prepared for every guest and uh, i stopped doing it recently because i got lazy and i'm I'm trying to just like get better <laughs> at interviewing and just go with the flow but yeah i agree too that like interviewing is like a nice skill to cultivate just because i mean especially when you're an artist and you're not very much of a people person or maybe you guys are but like for me i'm very introverted so it's kind of hard to talk to people and interviewing is like kind of all right, like, I want to know more, like being genuinely curious about somebody else and like trying to find all the little details that make all the stories stand out kind of, I think that's yeah. the most fun part. Um, where uh, I kind of wanted to uh, ask you a little bit about Midnight Gospel because how long did you stay on regular show and um, what was your journey between regular show and Midnight Gospel? Oh, uh, so uh, I was on... 
a regular show for just the last season, and which was really nice because basically mm-hmm. during the last season they threw out everything. They they you know like it was all new backgrounds, all new settings. Like I didn't have to reference their huge library of backgrounds that were already made, and like nice. you know figure out how to reuse everything. Like I we were you know it was all new. Thanks. And so uh, that was that was kind of n- nice. It was a little bit, I think, more relaxing uh, uh, of a start. It was almost like I was starting on a new show. Um, so I, I was on that for a year. And then, I mean, I, I hopped around. I, I worked on some uh, Adult Swim stuff, some Adult Swim bumpers. I worked on um, the show Tigtone. Uh, on Adult Swim. I worked yep. on like a show called Little Big Awesome. I worked on uh oh that's cool just a uh i worked on pickle and peanut i worked on um oh right <laughs> yeah i, I, I hopped show. around i hopped it's around so a bunch fun. man it, it was a very hard yeah. show but i think that it was good because they because it was so hard they were so like there was so many jokes thrown out and they were so willing to do that it made it a very hard show to work on but i think it was good because of that which kind of is a scary thing <laughs> but but um um but i think that what led to me working on the midnight gospel was um i worked on man i i, I it's not released or anything it, i i basically i worked on this little uh pilot teaser for somebody and it it basically was just one of the craziest things i had ever boarded it it basically tracked this um this vegetable from its harvest uh through this complicated rube goldberg machine uh like that it basically takes you on a tour through this um this house and so you see it going through all these tubes in between rooms and each family member prepares it in a different way and it's like almost a continuous shot and it was just like this crazy thing that i storyboarded and um pen i think pen happened to see it and i uh, and and, um it was something that he wanted to use the the vibe of for for midnight gospel and um I think yeah, I think it was just like a freak accident because he had he hadn't I don't think he had seen my work before that. But I, uh, you never know what you'll work on that somebody ends up saying. I mean that's the cool that's the yeah. cool thing about all this, you know. Mm-hmm. For real, yeah, I agree. Yeah, you gotta just do stuff. But I was I I I feel super lucky about um about the Midnight Gospel and and just like I was uh, on board team one. And out of eight episodes, there were three teams, and out of eight episodes, somehow I ended up working on four. And I don't know what the math is on that, but that's, I feel very lucky <laughs> to have touched so much of it. Yeah, because I, this, this show is incredible. Like, have you worked on the first episode? Um, yeah. The one yeah. with the zombies and stuff? Yeah, yeah. That, uh, that one's my favorite. This one's awesome. so good. It's just like, it's, it's so fun to watch. I was like, because at first I was kind of like, I was, I mean, there's a lot, you know, I'm a critic because mm-hmm. like Midnight Gospel He's has a like, critic. I'm a critic, but like everything, there's like so much that I like about the concept of Midnight Gospel. So I was kind of worried that, you know, like when you have really high expectations, like you're really worried about, about like being let down. Um, but the show's so good. And I was like, all right, this is great. I, 
I'm happy. I'm happy with it. And like the the zombie like first episode is just like all the attention to detail to every single little thing that happens. It's just there's just so much packed into every single shot. And I was like, that's really a feat. I was like, wow, this is like an episode I could watch probably ten times and still like find new things happening. Um, that's crazy. How long do you, what was the schedule like? How was so it was a six was... week it was a six a six week board schedule and um basically we would get this podcast audio uh-huh. and we would get a, a very vague outline, like sort of just like a few paragraphs overall <laughs> what should happen. And in that way, like even though we weren't writing a whole lot of dialogue, it still felt like a storyboard driven show because we were constantly pitching gas well, like basically we were like, Okay, they're in the White House for like five minutes what are they what are they doing in there all you know like in between the beat of they meet the president they play pool there's right. a zombie attack like what are they doing through all that and so we would pitch all these gags i mean many there was many gags many gags would get thrown out many storylines that i would pitch would get thrown out but it, it it was all during those rough stages where we're just like seeing what's fun and like i, I remember like in that episode pitching like um they were in the woods and uh and when they're making their camp uh i had this whole scene where like clancy is like home alone style booby trapping the campsite with all these like fun traps mm-hmm. that you would like see later like when the zombies come because mm-hmm. they would all spring out and kill all the zombies and then meanwhile while they were talking i had dr drew um, doing a little bug cooking show like he's like cracking a bug over another <laughs> bug and then like sprinkling a bug on that bug and then roasting it and like yeah. you know and, and stuff like that you know would get cut all the time and that's okay like I, I, I remember in um the the pool room there was uh, this whole scene where uh, they're playing pool and then Dr. Drew's like, oh, hold on, excuse me. And then they both go to the bathroom and Dr. Drew's in the bathroom and Clancy, uh, the, and the door is open and Clancy is in a chair facing the other way and like handing him a toilet paper, like toilet paper sheets. And, and, and like, mm-hmm. there's this cute little scene where like Dr. Drew like has to climb up this little stool to reach this highest toilet. And then the camera zooms out and the press is in the bathroom with them behind rope and they're all taking. <laughs> pictures and like it was this cute little scene and you know it like all throughout midnight gospel there were little things like that that we had to dial back on because sometimes you need like a chill moment and that's okay but i i think that um it's a good example of like like every part of midnight gospel the reason why there's so much attention to detail is through every single step they were okay with artists adding little things like like they were Mm -hmm. okay with like okay so there's these zombies that are attacking here the storyboard artists didn't have enough time to show how all of the zombies moved and how they attacked like the so the the animators would add like a zombie swinging in on his intestines or you know a, a different zombie that's doing a different thing and um and I mean, same with design and all throughout like people were adding little things and so it feels like this impo- like this thing that's impossibly dense with little like easter eggs uh because of that. Yeah. Oh man. That show is such a good example of like limitation breeds creativity because it's like you have to you have really narrow parameters that you have to make it work and so it's like how weird can we get within the, within like these parameters. That's great. That's really great. I feel like yeah, um I I also am of the idea that like 
animation should be limited just because it's such like a big like it's such a complicated art form that the more you can think ahead with like um limitations you the better probably your result is going to come out because you you didn't at the end of your when you get towards the end of your pipeline, you're not surprised by all the limitations, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like if you think about them ahead, then you can really like make them shine. But it's like, it's so great because like, I don't, I don't know when I watch Midnight Gospel though, it looks like really rich and it doesn't really look limited at all. Yeah. Um, who are you working with in terms of animation? Was it all like animated here? Because the animation is really beautiful. Uh, so there was a huge animation team spread across uh three different um locations of titmouse um so i i Mm, think Mm -hmm. that cleanup might have been done overseas but all of the rough animation was done here so they they had like an interesting cleanup process where it so it was all animated in adobe animate and then um they would uh, have separate layers for the the colors and separate layers for the lines so that the line the the lines would get cleaned up and then sent through like a like a rendering process that made them feel rough like the the lines would feel like scraggly a little bit um mm-hmm. and yeah. uh almost like a boiling line yeah so it almost didn't look like a, um a flash show uh because of that yeah right right that does help yeah. uh yeah, Flash has a weird baggage to it. It's like, yeah. I think having worked in it for as long as I have, it's like I can immediately tell when it's Flash. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it's that's that, that's always the way to go is like add some kind of grain to it or something just to like have it feel less vectory. And yeah, Midnight Gospel does a great job of that. Yeah, I, I think um, it was it was nice to see so much of the animation done in-house and so many animators worked on it. Um because I don't know, I feel like on a lot of shows like that, like it almost all gets done uh, overseas or something. And uh, there's there was just so much yeah. work to be done and giving out like fun work to uh, artists here. You know, was it possible because it was a Titmouse show? Like, it, like is it because like Titmouse has infrastructure to do that, or it's all maybe it's also budget? I, th- I think so. Um, Titmouse also likes to do like projects that are. Um, uh that a lot of other american studios wouldn't do or wouldn't try to do they 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 do a lot of pretty ambitious like uh animation in america that uh i feel like would normally be done overseas um yeah i i mean i i was really surprised by how it all turned out i i I was like man this seems like a lot i don't know (laughs) i feel like there's gonna be some shots (laughs) where like where they're like okay we gotta phone this in we gotta get this episode done but really like you can i think you can tell that the animators had fun i i think that's the big thing like you can tell the animators went extra and because they were allowed to like Mm -hmm. do some extra shit and and that um environment breeds this like everybody like put a little bit of themselves into it it was nice yeah uh speaking of creativity and having to come up with all this stuff we like to ask our guests about creative block and uh so we're wondering what does that feel like for you and how do you deal with it when it hits you yeah i i think that uh sometimes i um realize that uh i am working on someone else's show 
too much and not thinking about my own ideas or I'm, you know, like, like in doing drawing requests, I'm taking a lot of requests from other people, but I, sometimes you find, you might find yourself not thinking of your own ideas as much. And uh, that's usually what it feels like for me when, when I feel like I'm not like making my own thing enough. What I usually do to deal with it, it it's, it's a less of a like zero to 100 approach it's not like i i'm not going to expect myself to already snap into beast mode right away from a slump i think mine is more of um it's a style of uh creating the most moments in a day where it's possible i'll become motivated and and that usually starts with uh like keeping a, a little notebook or a sketchbook and uh, dedicating like a half an hour every day to just like just sit and think with no headphones and just write write a joke or whatever you don't have to do a finished picture like just start thinking that way and if you start just a little bit then then throughout the day you start thinking about that thing more and it's about building up um habits and um because i feel like with this kind of stuff it's so motivation based like we try it's easy to say like you know an artist has to be able to just sit down and work and be and be a genius and like it doesn't matter if you're motivated or not you have to just sit down and do it but that's not always that's not always how it works I, uh, like most of the time you're having to sit down and compel yourself to be motivated somehow and uh, if you are approaching it that way. And I think that for me, the best way in the past has been to find ways to um, build up how much I'm thinking about new ideas or how much I'm inspired or uh, create more free frequency in um, how much I'm in the mood to do um, work. And I, I think ideas come first with me. It, it's like if I, if I have an idea, I'll want to draw it. So I concentrate on that part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Uh, we got some questions on Twitter that we wanted to ask that uh, I think are uh, pretty good. Uh, From at K makes things. Howdy, Sean. What advice would you give to folks who move to LA for industry work? Bonus, what not to do? One of the uh, biggest pieces of advice to give is like, just keep keep making things and, and releasing things. What, basically, what you are... So uh, almost think of it like you're on a, the ramp going up to the highway, like you're picking up speed because eventually you're going to have to match those cars. And I, I, I think that um, regimenting yourself so that you're drawing, you know, <laughs> yeah, all, like a lot each day um, is not only going to make it so that you're putting out work that people can see and, and people can potentially hire you from what they see instead of it all being on you reaching out to recruiters but also it's going to up your skill level um so that it's not so jarring when all of a sudden you're required to draw and to be clever for like eight hours a day and i think i think that is like the the biggest thing um and and something that i see a lot of students um struggle with uh fi finding that um momentum to uh draw and put out stuff and keep making their own shorts 
basically you got to find what makes you want to do this on your own because one of the biggest things that i think people hire from is like when they when they see somebody that they can tell loves this and draws all the time and would be doing it even if they weren't hired yeah 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 that's huge I, mm-hmm. I do feel like i run into people online who it seems like they're doing it at, like for someone else like i don't know it's like this weird like uh thing where it feels like it's a burden on them to like make things <laughs> yeah. and it's like i hate to break it to you it's yeah. only gonna get worse if that's your attitude going in like it's you have to you have to enjoy it first it's not this is not a lucrative gig <laughs> like it, this is not the fucking the thing to do if you want to make money so it's like you gotta enjoy it yeah the, the other yeah, I mean, thing is like uh, it really is not gonna be a like you move out here and you get a job a month later kind of thing it really nope. it, it just isn't it's not, it doesn't work the same as other as, as other businesses so i would say building up a reliable um stream of um freelance revenue that you can work from anywhere that you can keep yeah. when you move out here is is a good idea as a safety net. I was going to say, I agree with what you're saying, Sean, yeah. because for me, I didn't move to LA until I already had been working freelance for two years for Nickelodeon. So I already had, not only did I already have a gig with a major mm-hmm. studio in Burbank, but it like, well, of course there's visa stuff, but it's like, it's possible to land a gig from, especially now during the pandemic or like the end, I mean, hopefully we're nearing the end of the pandemic. It's possible for you to land a gig without being in LA. And maybe it's something to consider. It's something that I'm telling a lot of people now because yeah. it's something to consider if where you live right now, um, you can afford like a cheaper rent because LA rent is not cheap. And that's gonna be something that you have to think about. Like you wouldn't wanna like move to LA not have a job for I don't know two years and pay the crazy rents yes, yeah. for, uh, here. Just a, yeah, that's just a side. Saving bar. up somewhere else less expensive, I think, is pretty helpful. Yeah, uh, we had another question from at Jodero Six. What do you do as warm ups before working on storyboards? That's a good question. Um, like I said, I I like to um on, on days where I'm feeling functional, I I like to warm up with my own um ideas like drawing for fun getting those bad drawings out of me i feel like every day uh, we all have a certain number of bad drawings just waiting inside of us to come out so if you can get some of those out like at the beginning when it doesn't matter out in a sketchbook that no one's ever gonna see just like draw be bad let yourself be bad it's okay do some jokes do some jokes that are stupid whatever or <clears throat> um if the the joke thing isn't your thing you know just um get as just just some some warm-up drawings some figure drawings things like that that help you um get in the mind space of uh storyboarding is a very um it's like you, you have to think spatially um so so drawing characters in like weird poses or picking something that you know that you're bad at and filling a whole page with it. I think those things are, are all things that I've used to to sort of get better. Um I for for writing uh as um a warm up, sometimes what I do is I'll like sit on my porch for like 15 minutes and I'll I'll put on beats and I'll and I'll freestyle. 
Yeah. And it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter nice. if it's good and it doesn't matter if anybody hears you. It, 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 it's one of those things where it's letting your words not have so much um, uh, meaning and importance and, uh, and, and so that it doesn't feel stupid. It's like getting rid of that blank canvas syndrome, just like letting everything come out and getting used to that and, and, and get flowing. So those are some warm ups, I guess. Damn, that's great. That's such, that's such a great idea. Just because yeah, I, the perfectionism is something that I struggle with. And I, I suspect a lot of people yeah. do where it's like every stroke, every word has to be perfect. And it's like, no, that's not how the creative process works. Generally. That's, that's, uh, that's great. Uh, what kind of goals do you have for your future, for your career, for your life? What do you want to, what do you want to do? Uh, so right now I'm heading more towards um, uh, directing and uh, it, 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 so, sort of like directing on one hand and also maximizing uh, being able to work on things that are either in my style or I have a, a lot of control of, which is why directing is sort of in that wheelhouse. So for instance, like whether it's like uh, p pitching shorts that I'm writing or pitching shows or I'm uh, in the middle of um, developing some show things. Um, and uh, yeah, I just want to maximize, I feel burnt out, uh, I think, on, on working on shows where I feel like I have very yeah. little control. And the more I can maximize uh, things that I feel like I have a real um, stake in, uh, the the more I'll be happy. So just, just find finding ways to <laughs> finding ways to do that. Um, yeah, I just uh I just pitched something um recently, and I I was actually gonna say at the beginning of this because because we wo uh we woke up early for me, <laughs> like I I, I it, it's it's probably late for yeah. most people, but I I I usually sleep in. Um, but I I was like, man, like I've been having to to wake up early for pitches yeah. or for meetings recently, and um like recently I had to wake up for um one at like 7 30 and i was i was saying like man like they want me to wake up and be funny at my least funny part like studies have shown that yeah. i'm the least funny at Research this time shown. of the day <laughs> like let's <laughs> let's go but like the thing is the pitch went really well so so i'm like man maybe maybe the morning is undiscovered funny territory for me and i or interesting territory for me and i gotta have more interviews and and pitches early in the AM. Maybe <laughs> it's something that yeah. As I've been getting, I mean, mm -hmm. I think it just happens as you get older. Like the morning becomes, you, you wake up earlier, and like the the morning is not as scary. But um, I also have been having to do more meetings in the morning. But it's it, I kind of like I kind of like having more accomplished before noon. Like that's something that I'm starting to value more because it's like I don't know. I you know I've done the sleeping in thing and I've done God I my schedule was so fucked at one point I was waking up at like two p.m. <laughs> and yes dude yeah this yeah. is like after college and shit but it's like but but I don't yeah. think I was more productive I don't know it, it's just like I like working at night I think I, that's my yeah. that's my thing is like I'll get a lot done like from midnight to like five in the morning I, yeah I and used because to. it's just like cool and no one's hitting yeah. me up. Like I don't have distractions. I'm just yeah. like zoned in. Um, but yeah, I, I think you, you start missing the sun. And a big part of doing what I do is human interaction. You know, yeah, <laughs> with other yeah. humans. And mm -hmm. I gotta like try to be 
funny and communicate and that's it's hard to do that i think it's a good point because i think that um especially uh, you know with the pandemic and being stuck at home it's like what used to be a nice moment like at night where it's like no one's bothering me it's like no one's ever bothering me now so i don't know i kind of like being around like even if it's virtually i kind of like being awake as other people at the same time it's like it's it's flip-flop for me yeah also just get sleepy i'm getting sleepy now i get sleep i get sleepy at like 10 (laughs) and i'm like ah fuck i'm in my 30s now that's what happens huh um anyway (laughs) enough about my sleep schedule um i think uh i think that was that was really great we really appreciate you coming on the show you're our first guest that uh works primarily in uh adult animation which is very exciting and uh yeah a lot of interesting a lot of interesting wisdom yeah you, you have a lot of um people that work in, in yeah it, you have a lot of uh, people that work in baby, yeah, baby stuff. tunes no. <laughs> baby tunes. dumb baby shit is what yeah we yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're gonna switch it up soon we're gonna we're gonna yeah. switch it up so but yeah we watch have out the honor of being our first <laughs> uh adult animation specific guest yeah the funny thing is 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 i i really like um, approaching adult animation with with the same sure. techniques that people use for kids animation. Like I, I really like like the the old version of the old Adult Swim version or whatever of adult animation, where it's like it needs to be uh, offensive right. and uh, gory with a lot of cursing and drugs and sex. Like that that isn't it yeah, for me. And um and and I think that um like having something feel like regular show or midnight gospel but be adult um i think is is my is my jam so maybe maybe i'm a good uh segue into spicier that's the idea people yeah for you. that's the idea and i i think that it's uh yeah i agree i think I, I hope that there's more and more there is a good amount of new adult animation coming out like there's so much there's so much you could do with adult animation and i i love that more and more is is coming out and so and you're a part of that buddy well i think that's the end of this creative block sean thanks so much for being our guest and sharing your story awesome yeah dude thanks for having me on and thanks to your listeners follow us on twitter it's at creative block creative without the vowels where we ask for drawing prompts and questions to ask our guests huge thanks to editor clemens for editing the podcast and Malik for helping us produce this show. If you love our show, then support us on Patreon. Becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews as well as bonus episodes. Click the link in the description of this episode. I've been your host, Gene. And I was V. Keep being creative, and we'll see you next week. Bye. bye. Hit us with that cool voice. All right, everybody, bye. Uh, watch more Creative Block on their YouTube channel. Uh, love you, kisses. Mm. <laughs> And that was Satan. Bye, everybody.